if you genuinely care about the customer, then you look for the opportunities to be more impactful. If you are just trying to sell a product, you won't think in those terms. And so these are the types of questions that will allow you to tease out whether you're for real or not. If you just want to sell something to make some money, you won't answer the questions in the way that I would expect you to answer them if you truly cared about what you were doing. What is keeping you from growing your business to the next level? I'm Jess Bergio, one of the hosts here for Fast Foundations, the podcast. Between the three of us, my co-host Jim, RT, and I have grown several businesses scaling beyond seven figures. And you know what? Not a single one of those businesses came with a blueprint. For years, we poured time and resources into our businesses, from salons, tech companies, and product-based businesses, navigating success and failures on our own. For all of us though, it began to change in 2019 when we found a community of like-minded entrepreneurs and industry leaders to mentor us. That community was Fast Foundations. Just like the mastermind, we're bringing on experts and having discussions to give you tips to not only improve the foundational skill sets you need, but to also fast track your growth. We'll dive into the core pillars of what will make your business succeed. Whether you have a brand new idea that you're looking to turn into a business, or you're already a successful entrepreneur looking to scale, this community is here to take you to the next level. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Fast Foundations podcast. We got another mentor session today. It's RT hanging out with Tiffany and Tim Calise. Tim, welcome to the podcast. As I said, we're going to hop right in. We're going to dive right in. You have this awesome background where you've raised hundreds of millions of dollars for and with startups. Can you tell us what makes a startup or a company like investment worthy? Yeah, so uh, I've raised $300 million for various companies along the way, big and small. And I think there's two kind of really critical pieces uh, that have to be considered. The first is the, the, the story. I'm a big believer in, you know, authenticity wins long term. You know, you can convince someone to buy one time, but that doesn't make a sustainable business. So uh, being able to tell a compelling and concise story around what you're, what you're trying to achieve and, and why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, and the second equally important, if not more important, is, uh, you know, investors in general, they bet on the jockey. It's the person. So mm. if you, you can have a great story, but not be the right person to either execute it or not be the person to be in business with. Uh, and so I, I counsel a lot of startups to think about when is the right time, but primarily around those two things. When does the story make sense? And, you know, how do you talk about, you know, your role and the team's role? Uh, in executing that. And I think, generally speaking, a lot of startups try to raise capital too early. They see capital as the the method by, if I just had more money, I could make this successful. In my experience, that's usually not the case. And uh, I'm happy to dive into that, but uh, uh, talk to a lot of folks in the earlier stages and, and try to work on those two, those two facets of the business. Amazing. That's a lot of money to raise. And I'm wondering, when did your entrepreneurial journey start? And how did you get to where you are now? Oh, uh, so uh, I'll, I'll try to be as brief through the, through history as I can. But I was the kid, uh, although my sisters hated it at the time, I was the kid who like carried a briefcase to, to middle school trying to emulate. <laughs> uh, uh, my dad was in the banking business. Uh, and so I was that that kid who, you know, just knew what he wanted to do. I was good at math. I knew I wanted to do something in finance. Uh, but the interesting part was I did. I knew I didn't want to go the traditional banking route. 
um, you know, kind of investment bankers, lawyers, you know, it's the long hours, tons of sacrifice. Uh, and I always liked the idea of creating something from scratch. Uh, and so it started with uh, forming my, uh, I started a lacrosse team in my middle, in middle school, I pitched the, the head of our school to add the team uh, and built a business plan and all of that. Fast forward to college, I founded two companies while I was in college out of necessity, uh, and then went on to start a hedge fund, which we raised over $350 million over the course of uh, about three or three to four years. And so I've, I've always liked the creative process of what business is. Uh, and I've typically skewed the David Goliath. I usually skew more David. Uh, and so the idea of the disruptor, the taking the, the kind of the, the small ember of, of something uh, and making it into into something big uh, has always been something that's attracted to me, and and I am I love working with new new entrepreneurs, new business owners, uh, because a lot of times the vision and the the desire gets kind of stuck in your head. If you ever feel like oh I, I just don't know how to articulate it, I don't know what the right next thing to do is, I can speak my that language because I've done it about a half a dozen times uh, and made probably a lot of the mistakes that a lot of people fear uh, making along the way, and and still live to tell about them. <laughs> Love it. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier how a lot of times you're betting on the person who is seeking the money that you're trying to raise. And I'm wondering what usually are you looking for? Are you looking for characteristics? Are you looking for previous successful businesses? Are you looking for a rich resume? I, I'm just curious yep. because I think a lot of people yeah. listening are going to be like, well, I don't know if I fit what they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, and, and you actually, Tiffany, you bring up a really good point. Um, just kind of in my, as I was thinking about my career path, uh, I elected to not go the kind of business school MBA route. Uh, and that felt for a lot of my professional career as uh, like the albatross around my neck. It was the thing that if I only had done that, maybe things would be different. And I realized quickly that it went from being my biggest liability to being my biggest strength. And so as I'm looking at people, there's two although potentially opposing, you know, kind of pieces to this. One is, do you have the conviction? Like narrow focus, especially today, is critically important. Like you have to know your North Star, you have to know where you're going and be able to tune everything else out. But the other side of that coin is you need to know when to change. I have yet to see a business from day one writing. I'm, I've, I've actually done a, uh, I did a podcast episode for my own podcast channel uh, around stop writing business plans. And I think there's an idea of we like sit down on paper and we say, I'm, you know, here's the idea. Here's how I'm going to do it. And five years from now, this is where I'm going to be. If anyone has ever done that and it has forecasted, you know, 60 months out and it's gone exactly to plan, I would love to talk to you because it typically doesn't work that way. So the idea of being having grit with determination and that kind of inherent flexibility of they're not so egotistical or, or focused on being right. Here's what I said. I'm going to keep going to the ends of the earth because I can't admit that I was wrong in the beginning. Inherent flexibility to find the right answer, regardless of where it comes from, uh, is something that I, I ter personally look for uh, because it's a journey. It's definitely not a straight line. And you, know, you have to find the personality who won't quit because entrepreneurship is lonely, uh, which is why I love being in groups, entrepreneurial groups, mastermind groups. Um, I just did a podcast last week that says uh, the headline was transformations don't happen in isolation. Hmm. And part of that is live events change lives. So I'm a, a very, very, very strong believer in as a community and as a tribe. Uh, it's why I've 
decided to do what I've been doing for the last number of years is to try to kind of help the next crop of entrepreneurs stack the odds in their favor, if you will. So, wow, that could just be. Can we just use that as an ad for us? We yeah, weren't just, looking for by that. All means. <laughs> I, I was I was tapping that mark clip button down here a few times. I'm like, Danny, find this one. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> That's so. Well, I, I found a great a great mentor of mine who uh, he sold a company for for a few billion dollars, uh, and so I, I connect with him uh, every week. We have a small group that we're a part of. Uh, and and I have to attribute the quote to him, um, but it is one that I find incredibly applicable for any any entrepreneur. Yeah, gosh, that that's so cool. And I, Tim, when when you say because I've I've heard that a few times recently, to like not waste so much time on business plans and the traditional like thirty page book that you send investors. Um, I'm just curious, what do you advise people? to do now if they want to raise money? Is it a slide deck? Is it a one pager? Is it a loom video? Is it, you know, what, what, what are people doing nowadays when they're just starting to raise money? Yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer in kind of brevity. Uh, you know, especially with, if you, if you send me a 50 page deck, first of all, never send a deck without being able to either present it yourself mm -hmm. or do a pre-record because it will, you leave the interpretation up to the person rather than telling the narrative the way you want to tell it. Yeah. So if you have to, if you have an opportunity to present it, by all means present it. Again, the, the kind of the main pieces of it are, you know, what's the vision? What are you trying to do? It's the opportunity. It's the potential solution set. And I focus a lot on the team. So it's, here's what we think we're going to do. Here's the problem, or here's the problem we're going to solve. Here's how we potentially will solve it. And let me tell you the bench of people that we have to go and execute this. And I personally always like to see some humility in there. Like, we're probably not going to do it exactly this. That's why I don't focus on the mechanics of like, we're going to do this and then this and then this. It's broad strokes. Here's where we are. Here's where we're going. And here's the potential path that we're going to that we're going to take. So, uh, but yeah, I've, I've seen more poorly executed business plans, um, especially like cold. If you're doing it cold, uh, definitely do it short and shoot a, sh a short loom video. Because your personality will come through in that video rather than just, you know, here's a PDF. I get a million of those. And I yeah. probably won't look at most of them unless it's, you know, hey, Tim, here's here's my idea. Here's what I'm doing. You know, 90 seconds in and out. If you want more information, you know, I'd, I'd love to love to connect. You got to it's just like social media. You got to you got to set the hook first. You won't get the whole pitch out. Uh, you know, it's, it, try to be as engaging and brief as you can in the beginning. That's so true. And I, you know, it's funny because I just sent an update to my board of advisors and I said, I'm, I'm working on our new business plan for, for Vortec watch company. And like, here's how we're going to take it to the next level. And, you know, here's all the next things we're going to do. And I did, um, I did a loom video and I, I had, I don't know, 15 slides and I walked through a loom video and I, I said, if, if you have time, please watch this video prior to our meeting, because out of respect for your time, I want to just chat about the strategies and not have to present the strategy to you. And yeah. it blew their, like a half of them had never seen loom before. And so they were like, yeah. oh, this is the coolest thing. Like, Great. what is this program? You know, like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and you're so right. The personality comes through the all the context that gets left out in basic slides even with notes gets let you know gets in there so yeah huge i mean i feel like this is turning into an ad for loom but i i, I yeah. if, if they gave me an affiliate i would sell them I love <laughs> by all means we love loom <laughs> it's, it's such, a, such a good thing 
Um, Tim, you know, you, you have this amazing career with lots of different companies. One really stood out to me just because I think like a lot of us right now, we're fans of the Hormozis and Jim launches on your resume. Yeah. So, um, can you talk about that time, you know, working with that company? Um, I, I don't really know the history of Alex's company and like, so what that, what those dates really mean, but from first glance, it looks like that was probably a, a fairly significant time period in that company. So can you elaborate on, on that part of, of your experience and what it was like to work with somebody like that? Sure. So uh, just for, for general background, uh, Alex and Layla Hormozzi uh, co-founded a company called Gym Launch. Uh, they're now known for a number of uh, their social media impact, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but getting back to kind of where we were talking before, what I look for is kind of conviction and why are you doing what you're doing? Alex started as a gym owner. He uh, uh, basically found himself in Southern California. He opened a, a fitness facility uh, and learned that uh, his his gym needed. He was really good at sales, so he went from one uh, gym to had a, he had a chain of about six gyms, uh, and then for personal reasons, he needed to exit those gyms. But he fundamentally knew that the thing that his his competitive advantage was sales. He knew that he could launch a gym or sell uh, memberships in a gym better than anyone. And so he started to fly around to uh, other other fitness facilities around the country and basically doing turnarounds or launches. Uh, and so the concept was he could fly out uh, to your new gym. You would uh, He would be there for a week. He would sell the first 100 or 150 memberships. Uh, he would take any front-end cash, and then he would leave you the memberships, and you would get the recurring back-end of those of those memberships, and so that's how Gym Launch was born. It was a boots on the ground, uh, you know, basically sales sales program. And over time, as you can imagine, that gets really old, living in you know uh, extended stays and the whole nine yards. And it also doesn't scale very well. Uh, and so he took all the knowledge that he had and built effectively a uh, a course with consulting attached to it. Uh, and the trajectory was uh, effectively from uh, the time that he launched Gym Launch in the, the current form, uh, went from zero to over 35 million in revenue in less than uh, two and a half years. Uh, and uh, along the way, we built a, a supplement business as well called Prestige Labs. Uh, and my main project was at the tail end of Prestige Labs, getting that set up. Uh, and then we built a machine learning lead generation software for fitness, for gyms, uh, which we then expanded to about 40 other uh, uh, industries around COVID. So it was, to answer the question, kind of, it was one of the, it was a rocket ship, uh, but it was based on a very clear need uh, and a very clear differentiation versus anything else that was out there. And it worked. Uh, and so uh, our average client, which was a, a gym, uh, increased their top line revenue by approximately a quarter of a million dollars a year. Uh, and we rose, you know, we basically increased their, their bottom line cash flow take home uh, by over a hundred grand a year. I was about 120 after fees. So the, the reason why I love that was it was getting back to the David and Goliath. The fitness industry is right there with restaurants as far as failure rates and things like that. Mm. Uh, and we were able to give really well-intentioned fitness business owners a breath of fresh air and a brand new life. And I think that kind of psychological payoff uh, was why we were so successful is because it was, we just, it was, we ate sleep you know, and breathe the idea of how can we just help gym owners make more money? 
And in the beginning, it was selling memberships. Then it was we needed uh, supplements to help kind of build the business and actually produce a, a meaningful result for their clients. And then uh, in 2019, uh, we saw this was the time that Facebook ads were increasing in cost and things like that. And so the next big hole to fill was getting more people to show up in a facility when you're spending uh, you know, thousands of dollars a month on uh, on social media ads. And we solved that problem. We have almost 4x the efficiency of getting people into the facilities, which the way that we built it meant an extra $100,000 a year in revenue to our, to our clients. So uh, wow. it was a really virtuous, virtuous cycle of products, of services, uh, and it and it worked. And, and we had a tribe. Uh, and I think I learned a lot about kind of how to build how to build a movement through through that experience. Hey, it's RT. Thanks so much for listening to the Fast Foundations podcast. I want to see you in the room. I don't want you to just be hearing my and our voices. Let me tell you about the Fast Foundations Mastermind. It's a six-month-long program, and it's our signature program. It's how you join our community. Every time we talk about this amazing community of almost 400 people that have gone through our mastermind that we have here on the podcast that we hear from and our mentors, all that kind of stuff, all the guest speakers, the coaches, all the awesome things that we get to do, it all starts with the mastermind. It's a six-month-long program with two two-day in-person events. One's in Scottsdale, one's in Denver. Yes, they're in amazing, beautiful places. We have them in cool spots because that's fun. We also give you six months with a coach, one-on-one. And the most important thing is once you go through that mastermind, and you learn from all these amazing speakers that we bring in, learn from your coach, grow with me and Jim and the rest of our team, you get lifetime access to our community. Every single thing that we do is recorded and uploaded into a private platform off of Facebook, off of the social medias, all that kind of crap. And it's saved in one place that you have, again, lifetime access to. So when you join the Fast Foundations Mastermind, which you can learn more about at fastfoundations.com and click on join the community to apply. When you join this mastermind, you're in our community for life. I really hope to see you in the room and I hope to talk to you soon. That's awesome. And um, I, I mean, I've seen Alex speak in person, which was which was so cool. And obviously I follow him and get the several posts a day at, at this point. Is is he as like just like chill and and cool and and interesting in person and like, you know, in that kind of scenario um, as he seems to be? Uh, from a, an outsider's view, yeah, I think I've I have had great fortune to witness kind of how his evolution has taken place over the last five years. I think he he is so he his belief around what he was doing was so strong that it was like, and he's he's been very public about this. There were this was this season of his life, and he and I agree on kind of talking about life and seasons. He, I was there during the season of there's nothing else. We don't do anything else. It is, this is what we are doing. And in this season, everything else is sacrificed for this mission that we are on. Uh, and mm-hmm. so it was not, not, it was intense, but from a standpoint of no distraction. Yeah. Now he's kind of moved into, you know, he, he turned 30 and now I think he's in a position where, you know, he's been able to, to, to not kind of rest on his laurels by any stretch, but I think he has a level of objectivity around, you know, if you talk about, he talks a lot about the, the, what, what 
the meaning of time for him. And he says he's he's been quite forward on this, like, you know, when I'm when I'm 40, I'd love to be 20 with nothing. Uh, or, you know, when I'm 30, I'd love to be 20 again. Uh, and I think he's he's now focused on not legacy in the kind of financial sense, but legacy in the how can he take who he is and what he's done and what he's learned along the way and the people that he's been able to interact with uh, and and leave a legacy of, you know, kind of benefit behind him for very similar to what I'm doing, you know, in the standpoint of of kind of helping the next round of folks, uh, you know, find that conviction, uh, take that step, you know, launch that side hustle, leave the full-time job, you know, do it uh, with, with the probability as, as strong as it can be in your, in your favor. And so I, I think it's to answer the question directly. He is as genuine as they come when it comes to wanting to leave a legacy of, of being, being kind of that guiding hand for the next, the next generation of folks. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. It, it just, yeah. a lot of us really look up to him and follow him. And, um, that's, that's always, always nice to hear. So when, you know, you talked about all the things that you did with, with Alex and that company, and, and then it seems like, you know, just looking at your background and all the other things you've done, um, can you tell us like what you would consider your role in these companies when you come in and like, what does that look like? Like, how do companies find people like you? Is there like a contract um, to, to get your, your help? Are you an employee? Are you a contract uh, contractor? You know, what, what does that kind of uh, process look like um, if somebody wants to to work with you? And and how long is that like stint typically that, that you spend with these companies? Yeah, I, I think the relationship is the, the kind of the important part here. Um, I think we could all agree that there's no shortage of information in this day and age. You want to look at anything, you know, you want access to information, it's almost kind of thrown at you every second of every day. The next thing after that is, well, well, how do I sift through that information? What, you know, what is accurate? What is not? What is actionable? What is not? What's right for me and what's not? And then you go kind of one step further than that. You go from, you know, having curated information, which is applicable to you. Businesses live and die in execution. So I've personally taken the perspective of, uh, and it's interesting, we're having this conversation today. Uh, I'm actually sitting uh, at my, my parents' uh, place uh, in in the southeast. Uh, my dad is uh, going through some health issues, and you know I had a, a fortunate opportunity to sit down with him last night. And you know the questions that I were at, that I was asking uh, were just kind of open ended. You know, what what would you what would you do differently? What did you learn along the way? You know, kind of trying to pull out. I think you know anyone that we look up to from a mentorship perspective, it's like give me the the, the golden nuggets that you would that you would carry. You know that you carry with you, right? And I think the things that he kind of reading between the lines or just under the surface really reinvigorated what I do for myself. It almost like I sold myself again. Uh, and what I mean by that is I do two primary things with folks. I help them condense time. So I think there's a fallacy, which is like I hire someone and if I don't, I'm going to fail. I actually believe that you'll get there. It just might, instead of taking six months, it might take six years. It might take 60 years. And instead of costing $100,000, it might cost you $10 million. And maybe you run out of money at some point. But like, I believe that anyone has the ability, especially entrepreneurs, we are wired to find solutions over time. But I believe in condensing the time frame that things take, which typically reduces the cost or the risk of, of doing whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, you know, and the second related to that is 
I feel like it's my job to start to be able to look around the corners for folks to say, here are the things that you might not even be looking for. Here are the mistakes, the pitfalls that you might be subject to. And I want to help eliminate or reduce those opportunities of things that we can see ahead of time. And so I have personally taken uh, the approach of I do more of a partnership. Um, so from a tactical perspective, I do cash, you know, uh, for fee uh, consulting work. But my favorite engagements are ones where I'm tied to the outcome because I feel very strongly. I only take about one in 10 of the clients that I that I talk to uh, or the, the prospects that I talk to because I have to be able to to leverage the things that I'm really good at and the things that I can bring value in. And then I'd like to be tied to the outcome. So if I can take the business from 200,000 a year to 2 million a year, the fact that, you, let's just say you were going to pay me $10,000 a month. It's irrelevant at some point because now we have a business that's worth you know, $20 million more than it was when we started. $100,000 in the interim is something, but it's, it's kind of irrelevant. I'd rather feel really good about you're not paying me unless it works. And so, yes, that captures more upside, but it also reduces the risk because I, I know a lot of people who either consciously or su uh, subconsciously oversell themselves. And I think there's a lot of people who have watched some YouTube videos, consumed Alex's content, and now they're a business expert. Uh, I come across them all the time. And I think that if you've got the goods, you should have no problem kind of being tied to performance. And, and that's how I've chosen to do it. And there's, you know, there's cash compensation, there's uh, revenue share, uh, and then there's equity. Uh, and every deal that I do is differently. It, it has to be aligned with, you know, I have a, a physical products company that I work with, gross margins of 75%. Uh, and I have a uh, wellness brand that I work with uh, whose operating margins are in the teens. If I said, let's, you know, let's do a 10% rev share, that's, a, that's, all, that's all the money that those guys would make, right? So it has to be, but they have tremendous scale and some other things that we're doing. So I like to just look at it and say, where are you now? Where are you going? I, it's basically the investor mindset. Let's align our interests and let's if, if I can help deliver value, I should be able to get capture some part of that. And if I don't, then number one, I shouldn't be here. And number two, you should have every right to not have to pay me a dime. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing all of that. And I really loved how you were talking about condensing time, because I think that's the whole point of hiring yep. a mentor or a consultant is to kind of get that shortcut and lean yep. on their expertise. You mentioned you know, that you help people avoid mistakes. And I'm wondering for our audience, can you share some common mistakes that you've seen over your career that just keep popping up time and time again? Absolutely. The biggest one is around money. And I saw this, so I started in the fitness business. My wife and I owned a fitness uh, chain of fitness facilities for about 10 years. That's how I got introduced to uh, the gym launch along the way. And at the time, you know, we had this perspective of people won't pay for gym memberships. And the reality is that was around kind of the planet fitness model and things like that, where you know they've set the market rate at about $10 a month, plus or minus. And we were so afraid of raising prices or having higher ticket prices. So what we did was we made the mistake of having one price and trying to guess what the best price was like, or what is the right price. And the reality is people are different their needs are different, their desires are different. And so one of the first things that I do is install a multi-tiered pricing structure. Because what happens is when you price for one, you price for none. And I guarantee you, no matter what happens, your price is wrong. 
if you are so good at you can do all the kind of price elasticity analysis in your head without being in business and come up with the best price, it's virtually impossible. So what we did is, so we, we were priced at $69 a month because we were a little premium, but not so much as personal trainers. We ended up having a $69 option. We had a $169 and we had a $469 option. And at that time, our average ticket went from about $70 a month to when we sold the business, we were doing close to $400 revenue per member per month in the same market. And we were selling three times as many people, closing three times as many people when we raised our prices. So I think there's these, it wasn't complicated, but the basics are, I just don't believe in the like land and expand option or the, the get them in at the low ticket and then upsell them. You're, you're missing out on tons of opportunity. And so I believe in the inherent flexibility of pricing and price elasticity and, and setting pricing in a way that solves different problems for different people. So that would be one, if you have a single price and you're trying to guess what it is, you're probably not, it's, it's a really tough thing to do. There are me mechanisms you can use once you have customers to understand what their desires are. Um, the Van Westrop pricing survey is a great example of that. Um, but these are the things that we do with our clients is like, we want to find who is our core audience, how much are they willing to pay? And then how can we find more of those people and then monetize them the most effective way that we can by solving problems that they are willing to pay for. Wow, that's awesome. Hopefully that helps. That was, there yeah. was a lot there. So No, I uh, thought that was really insightful for me because I think, you know, a lot of people have, when I did more consulting at the agency level, would ask me about pricing. And I think it's hard to know until you start testing it. And it's really cool to hear how you drove up the average ticket price by offering tiers. It's, it's the easy. So pricing is the easiest way for you to make more money. The other thing to watch is uh, I'm, I'm a big believer that every business should have recurring revenue attached to it, especially this day and age where re relationship selling and relationship, the relationship in business is so important. And then you look at things like churn metrics and things like that. If you can establish, it's like the old uh, saying, and I'm probably going to, you know, that, you know, you make a sale to get a customer, not get a customer to make a sale. If you can get a customer and continually over time solve the next problem that they either have or they are not even aware that they have, but you can present it in front of them and say, just so you, I'll give you an example. In fitness, it was, I can help you work out. But I already know in three months, you're going to come back to me and say, well, what about nutrition? So why don't we just solve both of those problems now? And then after that, you're going to say, well, you told me what to do and you told me what to eat, but I'm not sure if I can stick to it. So you're going to ask me three months later about accountability. And so why don't we just do all of that now? And that's why people are successful here. And that's an interesting dynamic because all of a sudden you've gone from, uh, I term them wallets. You went from the fitness, the gym membership wallet to now you also got them to open their nutrition wallet, which is a totally different buying decision. You don't go, well, I, I bought a gym membership, so I don't go grocery shopping. Those are two separate buying decisions. And then you go, well, now I got, then you opened up the accountability coach wallet. You wouldn't say I worked out and I went grocery shopping, so I'm not going to hire a coach. It sounds silly when you put it that way, but those are three separate, quote unquote, buying decisions. And I know you're going to make them. I want you to make them with me. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. And also just in my own life, I recently went through that, hired <laughs> so a <excellent>. trainer. <laughs> yep. And then, you know, we started talking about nutrition. And then I was like, well, I also need to be held accountable. So here we are. So yeah. to your point, it works. It does. <laughs> 
And um, I think any industry could benefit from that, you know, because that's what entrepreneurship is all about, right, is solving people's problems. But that's where the genuine, if you genuinely are care about the customer, then you look for the opportunities to be more impactful. If you are just trying to sell a product, you won't think in those terms. And so these are the types of questions that will allow you to tease out whether you're for real or not. If you just want to sell something to make some money, you won't answer the questions in the way that I would expect you to answer them if you truly cared about what you were doing and what you are doing. That's so good, Tim. Thank you so much. And your customers can feel it 100%. They know. Tim, uh, um, just speaking of questions, you, you brought up you brought up your dad and your home now, and you were asking those questions of him. Is there any knowledge you got from those recent conversations that, that you want to share with us before we wrap it up today? Yeah, the, the one that quite, I'm, I'm talking out loud, I'll process out loud with you guys. Yeah. Uh, the one that for, for me, because I'm, I basically run my own business now with, uh, I have primarily VAs that assist me. I don't have a big team, but the number one thing he said was, hire the best people you can. And if, mm. and if that sounds overwhelming, find, and someone else had told me this, so I'm kind of tying these together. Someone once told me, you have to find your first follower. And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but it was like, you need to find the one person who has so much conviction in you that they're like, I'm on the roller coaster with you. I know it's going to be, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, but I'm in it with you. Sometimes it's a spouse, sometimes the business partner, sometimes it's just the the first hire that you that you've made. But he said, I I got the glory, but the team made me who I was. And so that was a really good reminder for me of like it's like the old adage like if you want to go fast go alone, if you want to go far go together or some version thereof. I actually think the the reality is if you want to go far you can go fast it, either way you got to have the team behind you uh, and so it was just a really good reminder of for me personally at that stage that I am on that now like even if it feels overwhelming to try to build a team of a players the first domino to fall is that first that first follower and so it's just a good kind of reminder of like I really even at my where my stage now I should go try to find that person because for if sure. I ever want to do anything again they're like Today we're doing consulting. Tomorrow we're going to go build a new company. Tomorrow, like the next day, we're going to go acquire. Like they will go on that ride with me because they will do business with me for who I am, not what I do. And that is a great. If you're out there, people do business with you for who you are, not what you do. Hmm. Over time, so like I have people that have followed me through from my hedge fund days. They've backed companies that I've been a part of. They now will take referrals for me if I'm like, hey. I know someone is doing something great. Do you want to co-invest? They they listen to me because I kept that authenticity from the beginning, and they it's it's who I am. But what I do is irrelevant. Yep, Tim, this is this is gold. I I have so many little nuggets. Uh, you you talked about the golden nugget, you know, but I think there's there's a ton of those little little nuggets, little quotes, little takeaways. I think you'll probably get some some followers out of this, you know, maybe not the, the first follower, but definitely right. some fans for sure. Just off of what you shared with us. Um, I mean, we, we call these mentor sessions for a reason, right? Like I, I feel like this was just a, a free consultation for me. So right. I, I have a couple pages of notes and I thank you so much for that. How can people find you connect with you if they do want to 
at least explore potentially working with you or try to be one of those 10 that you consider, then you only take one, right? Like how do people find you and how do you uh, prefer them to connect with you? Yeah, uh, I'm on uh, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Tim Calise on every one of those platforms you can find me. I monitor my and respond to my own DMs uh, as RT can attest to. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't have anybody else who does that. So uh, I'm at a stage in my career where I really, this is this is my, I get the good feeling of being able to help folks. Uh, and I do that with no expectation. So um, I have my own podcast. It's called Leveling the Field with Tim Calise. Uh, it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, I put out a show uh, uh, on a weekly basis currently uh, with just whatever's top of mind and lessons learned, you know, that I've learned along the way. So I uh, would love for you to subscribe, uh, listen to the podcast uh, and if, and, and again, on any of the social channels. But, uh, you know, I, I, I genuinely want to help. I know how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. And I've had the great fortune of getting to know a lot of great mentors that have helped me along the way. Uh, and so this is my way of just just paying it forward. So if there's some question if you're thinking about something if you have no idea what you, you know just reach out to me on any of those channels uh, i'm i'm here to, for your audience uh would love to uh, would love to help out um we'll we'll see who you know listen to this let's do uh uh you know uh fast dm me the word fast and i'll know that you listen to this uh and i will go. help you in any way i'll, I'll give you free uh, you know free consultation to answer any questions you have well, Tim, first of all, thank you. You've already given us a ton of value for free. So I, I thank you so much for that. Um, it, just to reiterate, we'll put all the links to everything he just said underneath us on YouTube, on the podcast platforms, head to the show notes, find the links to all of Tim's socials, pick your preferred one and DM the words fast, and he will blow your mind with even more free advice. Tim, this was so much fun. Like I said, we call these mentor sessions for obvious reasons. This was one of the best ones we've had. I learned so much. Thank you so much for your time. For everyone that's listening, first of all, head over to YouTube and watch us because you get to see the cool palm tree over his shoulder that's kind of blowing <laughs> in the breeze. It's great. You're missing out. So head over to YouTube and subscribe over there because that's way more fun. And either way, hit that subscribe button, please. This is a Fast Foundations podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. For more free business tips like this, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at fast.foundations. What was your biggest takeaway from this episode? We want to know. Tag us on Instagram, share this episode with a friend and leave us a five-star rating and review so we can reach more incredible entrepreneurs like you. We're so glad to have you as part of our community. Go to our website, fastfoundations.com for details on our next in-person event. This podcast is sponsored by Carter & Custer Agency at carterandcuster.com.